You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast. This is episode number 66, December 12th, 2022. This show is powered by Constrata.io. Leading with operations, solving with technology. Hi, this is Sean Thompson, IT Director for Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, and you're listening to Skip on the Tech Chef Podcast. Off-premise strategy, business continuity, how about a taste test of restaurant technology, drive-through or curbside, mobile apps or AI, it's all on the menu, cooking up for the day, it's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with a tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Well, get your cooking apron on. This is another episode of The Tech Chef where you can get expert advice and guidance straight from those who know hospitality technology inside and out. I am your host, Skip Kimple, and I will take us through all the possibilities that tech has to offer ranging from entrepreneurs to IT professionals and even famous celebrities, so that restaurant owners like yourself make savvy decisions while navigating their path in digital innovation. Make sure you subscribe to this weekly podcast as we give you FaceTime with techniques and strategy that are surefire shortcuts for success. From data warehousing and digital marketing to customer loyalty programs and automation tools, We cover all of the hottest trends that will give your company an edge over your competitors. Get ready for valuable insights on how to best utilize technology, increase efficiency, and optimize operations or engage customers better. It's just a matter of getting into the kitchen with us. Well, I think I am finally done traveling for business this year, and I believe I have been to my last two conferences of the year since we last chatted. I was down the road from my home here in Fort Lauderdale and attended HT Next as well as the Immerse Global Summit. I have to tell you, both of these conferences were amazing, and I spent the two days down in Miami conference hopping as they were both in the same building. To be honest with you, it was not my intention to go to the Immerse Conference as it was not until I checked into the hotel did I realize what it actually was. I had to walk by their conference every single morning to get to my other conference and kept seeing some pretty amazing vendors that were there, so I looked them up online. It was all about virtual and augmented reality, hardware, and software. Most of the companies there, including universities, were working on training tools for other industries. I had a fascinating time. Today, joining the show is Sean Thompson, the IT director for the fast casual restaurant franchise, Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. He oversees the business intelligence and data science team and the execution of Freddy's global communications platforms. Thompson and his team work to deliver technology solutions to the restaurants, as well as the franchise support teams, including construction, training, marketing, accounting, and operations. Recent projects have included a system-wide conversion to a universal point of sale, launching an all-new digital platform for ordering and loyalty, and starting up an internal support team for the more than 450 Freddy's locations nationwide. Before Freddy's, Thompson ran his consulting company and managed service provider. All of us that follow the industry news know that seeing Freddy's in the headlines about once a week is not uncommon. 
With their appetite for growth, what is it that makes them successful? What is their secret sauce? Today, as promised, we have Sean Thompson, the IT director for Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you. You know, maybe you can start off by giving us a background about where you came from or how long you've been with uh, with Freddy's. Uh, Freddy's has been in the news quite a bit lately, and I wanted to get to know the man behind the curtain here in regards to all of these great IT initiatives I keep hearing about. So I've been with Freddy's for a long time. Uh, I started out in IT back when I was in the sixth grade. I was one of those uh, 90s kids that loved technology and was just you know, excited to put to use what we were learning in, uh, you know, middle school computer labs out there in the field. And when you're in sixth grade and you can make 500 bucks setting up a network, uh, especially in the late 90s, that was uh, some good money to be had. So I came to IT like a duck to water. And then as Freddy's grew up here in the Wichita area, they started off as just one of my uh, many clients that I had. And as they grew they became one client to my primary client, to my best client, to my full-time job, and then some. So it's been a, a fun journey as this brand has grown, as we've you know opened restaurants across the country, and as we've moved from serving you know hundreds of guests a day to serving you know tens of thousands of guests every single day. From an IT perspective, did you do anything prior to Freddy's? So, yeah, I I worked with a lot of small businesses from doctor's offices, uh, law firms, insurance agents, Um, got to see quite a bit of, you know, the the business area here in the Wichita area. And that led me into kind of a fairly rich background of knowing, you know, the, the differences between, you know, critical business operations and then the stuff that you need to actually run and, you know, kind of in that guest facing environment. So uh, spent many years before Freddy's, but now I've been with Freddy's since oh, about 15 years now. You know, it's kind of interesting you bring that up. I kind of came from the same background where I came from other verticals. I came from the medical industry. I came from uh, the retail industry and then finally in the, into the hospitality industry. And I, bl- I truly believe having some of that inherent knowledge outside of our vertical right now provides great insight for out-of-box thinking and out-of-box solutions. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, there are definitely times where I'm, I'm glad I don't live in the medical IT space anymore. That's, uh, that is a lot of work, and my hat goes off to everyone that does that. But there are times where there are lessons that I've learned in those spaces that I've been able to implement, put to use. And, yeah, just having that, that big, wide background has always been helpful for me. I love to introduce new technology that nobody's ever heard of before in the restaurant space, because if you go to the FS techs, the Murtex, et cetera, I mean, we see the same players time and time and time again. And when we, you're with a client or with, with your, uh, your senior level staff and you introduce something that nobody's ever heard of before, they're like, oh, that would work in our industry. And you're like, absolutely. There's no difference. It's just a, you know, it just comes from a different vertical. It's not, doesn't normally live in our space. Let me ask you, when you join Freddy's, obviously, there's something that attracted you to Freddy's to begin with. And it kind of leads into my question of what makes Freddy's unique? Early on, I was sitting down with a couple of the, the people that, you know, now I, I've grown to work with for years. 
And we were having conversations about some simple, you know, networking setup stuff, you know, IT 101 type of things. And as we talk, I would say something like, uh, yeah, well, that, you know, we could do that. And, you know, that might speed up time it'd take to serve hamburgers. And they quickly correct me and say, no, 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 steak burgers. I'd say, oh, yeah, okay. I'd, I'd roll my eyes like, you know, anyone that's been in IT before that's just like, okay, come on, I'm trying to get to the, the key work here. And then same thing, I'd say ice cream and they'd say, no, 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 frozen custard. And then I started to realize that the people around the brand that were correcting my language were doing so because they really cared about the brand, they cared about the product they were serving, and they cared about the guests that they were serving all of that too. And it wasn't just lip service. It wasn't about, hey, we're, we're here to you know, min-max our profit margin. It was truly about that hospitality experience. And growing up in a town that has such a rich restaurant history that Wichita has, I was able to look and see that and go, okay, they're doing something here that others have done before that was highly successful, but in a way that shows me that they really care. And that's just not something you see, you know, even in hospitality everywhere, but across, again, all those different verticals that I'd experienced before. So this is probably the most important question of this podcast. What is the difference between ice cream and frozen custard? Oh, uh, we could uh, probably spend the whole time talking about that, but I will... I will die on the hill saying that frozen custard is scientifically the best form of ice cream. Um, I, ice cream is a broad reaching term, right? Like uh, coffee and tea, they're both drinks. Uh, frozen custard, gelato, they're both ice creams. But frozen custard is served at just a slightly warmer temperature and is a richer, thicker consistency. So you get a better mouthfeel, you get more flavor profile, uh, things that would get lost on, say, a regular ice cream, like the essence of what vanilla and chocolate really tastes like, come through and fill the mouth. Again, scientifically, the best way to do ice cream is frozen custard. So I couldn't agree with you more. Growing up in Wisconsin, unfortunately, Freddy's wasn't in our territory at that time. And I happen to have another frozen custard uh, company around us that our family visited quite often. And I completely agree with you that frozen custard blows ice cream out of the water by far. Oh, yes. In our world, you know, we we're all competition, but yet we all work closely together. And I'll gladly stand arm to arm with every other brand out there that serves frozen custard and, and say that we're the, the tip top of that frozen dessert product chain. Oh, I might have to have you uh, on and we might have to have a uh, frozen custard panel someday. Who knows? Freddy's has been around for a long time, have they not? So, it, you know, it's uh, in IT, it's kind of like dog years. It feels like a long time. But we are still actually a relatively young brand. We're just coming off our 20th uh, anniversary. So we're a brand that when you you walk around, you look at it, it feels like a, a restaurant that's been around forever. But we like to say it's more of a timeless brand. Okay. And how many locations are there currently? Well, we, we try to open you know a new one every week. So that number is constantly wow. changing. So the, so the one I'm using right now is somewhere north of 450 but if I blink, I'm sure we're going to be at 475. Um, and, and in IT, you're always planning for what's next. So, you know, in so many ways, my head's already at 500 and beyond. Well, I saw a LinkedIn post the other day, your company stating that they're on their way to get to a thousand locations. 
how long is it going to take before you get there? Well, I mean, by, by that math, I'm sure we're going to have to speed up to more than, than one a week, <laughs> but, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get there as soon as, you know, all the electrical panels in the world finally start shipping out. We can keep opening restaurants at there the you, rate we want to. There you go. It is definitely a supply chain issue right now. The mix of your company, how many are, uh, what percentage is franchise versus company owned? So we are vast, vastly uh, majority of uh, franchise locations. Want to say we're somewhere in that uh, about thirty range with our corporate locations right now. Um, so it, it is a small percentage, and we really count on our franchisees uh, to really spread the the love of our brand across the country. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Um, you definitely are heavily franchised. Uh, last episode, I had. Uh, Zarek Pearson from Five Guys on, which which is also very heavily franchised, and we talked about some of the difficulties of a, you know, technology stack for the franchise community. Actually, let's talk about that for a second. I I read recently that you went through a POS upgrade, and I, I'm assuming that means possibly you had a lot of franchisees out there that had their own POS. What what does your franchise scenario look like from an IT perspective? So going back again to that idea of, you know, when I, I ran my own business, you know, I, I was in IT, I was in sales, but I always learned very early on that when it came to IT, that you had the most success whenever you sold something that people wanted. So when it comes to technology in our franchise community, we try to position the technology in such a way that it, it fulfills the need. It makes it so that what we're selling is what they want already. And that helps speed up the adoption. We did have um, franchisees. We were split between two points of sale and we've unified the brand under a single one. But part of that was the message from the franchise community telling us that, you know, the ones that were in the minority of their point of sale wanted to move and be on the same platform as everyone else. It made, you know, everything from training and operations to reporting uh, consistently across the brand much easier. Uh, so that was easy to make that type of transition. And then we had also heard from the franchise community that, you know, the, the main platform we were on was no longer meeting their needs and their expectations. You know, there were things that they wanted to do to move us, you know, forward into a more, you know, digital connected future that the old point of sale simply could not provide. And so when we go out there and we did our RFP and looked at hundreds of different options out there, found one that, you know, checked all the boxes that we needed it to check and presented that information back to the franchise community, there, you know, there wasn't much of a pushback at all because it made sense. It gave everyone what they wanted. Now, that's not to say that the deploy, you know, went 100% smooth every time and that, you know, there weren't franchisee frustrations. But when we were able to kind of sit back and say, hey, remember, this is moving towards that larger goal, it allowed us to get past those, you know, day-to-day difficulties, focus on the big picture and kind of keep things moving. Yeah, there is always going to be some type of problems when you're deploying such a massive um, technology change within the organization. I know senior, senior management, especially ops, wants everything to go, everything to go perfectly it's kind of impossible to make that happen, especially with the amount of locations that you're looking at. Um, you brought up an interesting point about, you know, being able to leverage the digital platforms, which we're about to discuss in a second, but what POS did you guys end up going to? 
So we switched um, to Par Brink, and that's what we're now running across all of our locations. Uh, we started with a pilot rollout of just those corporate locations back in November and December of last year. And then the you know 380-some rest of the system locations all went live between January and March of this year. So we cranked them out this year. Yeah. Wow. You had your hands full, I'm sure. Um, did you also yep. launch a new, uh, for instance, a digital platform for online ordering? We did. We did that uh, simultaneous as we moved um, the restaurants from our old point of sale to our new. We also onboarded them with Olo at that exact same time. So that way, knowing that in Q2, we would be launching, you know, new website, new mobile ordering um, and a new app that we would at least have those third party digital channels coming through. And that allowed us to kind of soft test uh, the Olo platform in front of our larger launch of our first party ordering solution and also kind of keep that revenue channel open as we made that transition. Did you also change loyalty programs at that point? We, we did. So same, the, our old uh, platform was kind of all in one. And so we switched over to punch it at that time as well. So in Q2, once we had all the point of sale, stuff done and rolled out, then that's when we kind of pivoted to launching both the online ordering and loyalty with our new app and website as well. Were those kind of the big things that the franchisees were asking for was new online ordering, you know, more being more proficient and efficient in that area integration, obviously into your POS or were there other digital initiatives that they had on their mind? So they had been pushing us in that direction for, for years. And we were trying to make sure that when we made that move, that we were doing it right, that it fit with our brand, it fit with our hospitality message. And kind of our, our V1 launch under the old point of sale and our old partner, it, it was great to cut our teeth. It was a great way to get out there and learn and see what was working, what wasn't working. And of course, we had launched all of that, uh, you know, in a pandemic in 2020. So it was it was eye opening. It was insightful, but it helped us know that hey, there were certain things that we needed to change on the implementation. So this changeover really was kind of a continuation of a project that had started, you know, in 2018 and 2019, and had gone from there. Um, but kind of at the end of the day, when it comes to the, the franchise needs and the franchise wants, um, and then, you know, our, our own corporate needs and wants and up to the board level, you know, digital really is about giving the guests what they want in, in however they want to come to us to order. And, it, you know, it all comes down at the end of the day to comp sales and sales growth and making sure that we're doing everything we can to capture those dollars. Absolutely. Are you doing anything unique in the drive-through um, technology aspect? So uh, I, I think the, the short answer is no, we're not. And I think that is almost unique in that we're not trying to, to force any kind of new technology into a system that is still just really recovering, you know, even in this last quarter, recovering from the pandemic of supply chain issues, of hiring issues we really made sure that we're focusing on those core operational standards when it comes to, to drive through service and not trying to tack things on. 
We have locations that are doing, you know, line busting that have tablets for ordering, but really what they're doing is they're just kind of moving an extra point, an extra place where we're taking the order, extending a drive-through stack, but making it look and behave just like every other Freddy's and not trying to, to deliver some kind of technological innovation that really at the end of day hinders operations. Sure. Yeah. It can start to get pretty complicated and you start the more technology you implement. Sometimes it becomes more onerous upon the operators, unfortunately from one, well, especially when in this industry where you have such a high turnover rate, we, we've always got to keep that in mind as well. Absolutely. I'm a firm believer. The easier you make the technology, the longer you're going to have that employee uh, at your location, yep. because if they get frustrated with technology, they just want out of there. Because if they yeah. have an upset customer, you and I uh, from the IT side are not going to be dealing with that customer. It's the it's that team member that the customer is going to be screaming at and trying to figure out, you know, how do we solve for this customer's issue because they didn't get X, Y, Z in their order. Yep, that's exactly right. So what else do you have in your tech stack that you feel makes you guys unique? Or do you, do you have any upcoming IT initiatives that you can talk about? Something like, I don't know, AI or robotics or anything like that? So I, I think one of the biggest things that we have is our ability to collect data, process that data, and deliver analytics, but not just your standard, hey, here's what your sales were yesterday. Here's what you know, you know, your labor report is yesterday. Uh, we have a BI team here that we, it's, it's a team of teams approach. So we're working with operations, analytics, you know, marketing, IT to put together this team. But we take all of that data that we get from those digital channels, from the point of sale, from online reviews, from anywhere really that we can gather data. We bring it into a platform that's called uh, Domo and parse it all there and get it out into the field on a daily basis. And everything we deliver from a data standpoint is designed to give the operations teams actionable insights on what they need to do to change or affect behavior in kind of a manageable way, right? Like it's one thing for a manager to get a report that says, oh, sales were down year over year yesterday. It's like, okay, that's interesting. That's good to know. It doesn't tell me what I need to be working on today. Uh, it's one thing to give somebody a report that says, hey, these are what your speed of service times are. Uh, you know, spitting out an average doesn't really help anything. But if we're able to say, hey, on Tuesday afternoons, this is where you see your highest volume of tickets that are coming in red. And if you're able to just cut those down by four tickets on Tuesday, your overall system score is going to go up five points. So let's start with that. One day, one shift, focus on that. And that empowers the GM on something that they can actually you know, take in their hands and work on. It gives our multi-unit managers something that they can manage when they're looking at multiple restaurants. And then even at that franchise ownership level, it lets them see, hey, these restaurants are making progress towards these specific goals. We're working on this. We're working on that and moving things forward. So really taking data and driving actionable insights as opposed to just plopping down billions of rows of data in front of somebody, I think is a huge advantage that we have. And I got to say, that's what 90% of the companies out there do. They want all of this data, but they don't have a team behind it to be able to analyze it. And something like a data scientist, I don't know if you have one or you, you, you call a person a data scientist on your analytics team, but 
that team is really responsible for telling the story around the transaction. And you really need all those different data points in order to be able to do some of that stuff. Just curious, who does your analytics team report to? Because I found it's different in every, in every organization. Well, and, and for us, we have our team set up exactly in a diversified fashion. So I, I think if you, you know, put the, uh, the metal or you put the pin to the paper and said, hey, who exactly does it go to? Mostly it's the finance team, but we have two people on there that report straight to the COO. Okay. I report straight to the CEO. So between the, you know, everyone on the team and then our marketing lead reports to the CMO, we report to, you know, four different C-suite people all out of one team so that that way that executive team is getting kind of the same story, the same information out of all of us. And at the end of the day, they're coming to us to say, help us know what it is that's driving this and whether that's good or bad. I mean, we present the data as the data is and they let us know, yeah, that story makes sense. No, that story doesn't make sense. Yes, that's good. Yes, that's bad. Look at that opportunity that's for us. So we try to keep it diversified so that it's never just a pick on my CFO. It's never just Bill's you know, vision of what you know, the bottom line dollar needs to be. It's a whole team coming together to make sure that we're telling the full story. Ooh, never pick on your CFO. That's a bad choice. <laughs> That's a good point. He is the one that signs off on bonuses, and it, it is that time of year. So ex- exactly. Maybe we'll fix that in the edit. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at editing out. Who do you want me to put in there? Oh, never mind. Uh, let's, uh, bl- yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess there's no good answer there, is there? No, there is no good answer there. Uh, we'll, leave, we'll leave that in because I'm sure the CFO will get a chuckle out of it. Um, Let's talk about all these franchises that you have. So do you have internal or external support team to handle all of these locations? So part of our move to the new point of sale was spinning up a internal help desk to manage all the requests that come across uh, from a, from a tech standpoint. So whether it's their actual point of sale or whether it's their, their digital menu boards, but, you know, our team is, is still a small, um, you know, motley crew, but a small crew at that. And so we lean on our technology partners, not just vendors, but true partners um, to make sure that if, you know, hey, we checked, it's, it's plugged in, we've turned it on and back off again. Um, you know, we've gone through those basics, but making sure that we can escalate up. So, yeah, we, we rely on our partners to help us extend out that support because there's no way that just the small office in Wichita would truly be able to support, you know, a system this big and a system that's growing in the way we're growing. Sure. Speaking of growing, I saw an announcement from your company that uh, you're expanding into Canada. Um, yes. How many, how many, very excited about that. Yeah. How many locations do you have planned for Canada? So as of right now, I'm, I'm very much a what's next mindset. So in my head, I'm focused on the one and let's getting that one right and going. Uh, But I I know they have plans for spreading out all over uh, across the great white North. So they're going to keep that going. But for right now, I'm making sure like, Hey, can we make sure tax rates are working properly once we put a point of sale in Canada? So I try to really just focus on what's next. Are you located in any other countries or is Canada the first venture outside of the U S so uh, we had locations open in Dubai, uh, 
And unfortunately, those had just opened up right before the pandemic hit. Uh, and that talk about just awful timing. And, you know, there are no uh, PPP loans and things like that in, uh, in, out there. So they didn't have the same advantages that some of the businesses had back here in the States. Um, so Canada, although not our first venture overseas, it will be um, our next international opportunity. And really the ones that, uh, you know, will are what we're focused on right now. Sean, as we start to wrap things up here, from an industry perspective, what do you think restaurants should be looking at in 2023 from an IT perspective? So I think right now, a lot of restaurants are are probably getting to where some of their key investments over, you know, the, the mid, you know, kind of that post 2008, we coming out of recession, and we're investing in our technology timeframe are getting old in the tooth. And I think a lot of us really need to look hard at some of our core infrastructure, some of those core decisions that were made, you know, 10 plus years ago and say, Hey, does that still hold true? Is now the time where we need to come in and really make sure our key IP functions are going because you can want to do all of the next next level high tech and even fun things. But man, if your network is still, you know, the one that was designed and architected in 2008, you're probably going to struggle big time with that. Um, And then from there, it's still just the same old, same old focusing on the guest, focusing on core operations, keeping those core tenants in mind. And I always believe the technology will just naturally follow from there. You know, Sean, I have to say that your company is always in the news, which is why I was excited to have you on. I was just going through some of the headlines in, in some recent posts that I saw. Freddy's placed number 20 on the QSR list of 25 fastest growing fast food chains in America. Franchise Times ranked you at 120 based on global uh, system-wide sales. QSR Magazine ranked Fre- uh, Freddy's as number six for America's biggest fast food chains for guest satisfaction. They also ranked Freddy's as number 14 in the category of top fast food burger chains ranked by sales and so on and so on and so on. I know that a lot of what's happening out there is kind of backed by IT and it's really IT driven. IT is no longer a cost center, is now a revenue center. It's driving a lot of these initiatives forward. And I am so excited that you were able to join us today. I'm so thankful that you did and took your time out to talk to the, to the um, audience of the Tech Chef. And I hope to get you back on again as you hit your next venture here in the IT world from a Freddy's perspective. Well, we're always excited to talk about what we're doing around here because we're all very passionate about it. I'm just one member of a big team of people working out of this office here in Wichita. And we're, we're just I mean, at the end of the day, we're having fun and serving guests. And so everything else we do just seems easy in comparison to that. Well, thank you again for joining the show and best of luck to you. I hope to be talking to you soon and hopefully seeing you at a conference pretty soon too next year. All right. Hope to see you then and go enjoy some frozen custard between now and then. I don't care how cold it is. It's, it's still good even in January. It's better in January. I guarantee you. That's right. Sean has been a busy guy this last year, and with the growth that his company has planned, well, he's only going to get busier. So I'm glad we were able to catch him before he got too big and too busy to talk to us. 
If you'd like to reach out to me or the show, you can do so via everything social at Skip Kimple or everything at Constrata. This includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. You can always go to the website at skipkimple.com for all of the archive shows as well as the show notes. And you can also hear these new episodes on the Constrata website at constrata.io. And of course, you can always email me at skip.kimple at constrata.io. I will be traveling for the next couple of weeks for pleasure or a change. So I am going to let you all enjoy the holidays without having to remember to download a new episode every week. I know you are all busy right now. This is the craziest time of the year to be in hospitality. Having said that, I will see you on the flip side and launch a new show right after the new year. We will look at all the fun and crazy stuff we faced in 2022, and we're also going to talk about where the puck is headed for 2023. What should you be keeping your eye on? Quite honestly, I guess that means you better be keeping your eye on when the next episode comes out, because it will be filled with some nuggets of information and takeaways that you won't want to miss. Have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. And of course, stay safe. Stay healthy and stay hungry, my friends. Hey.